0: Welcome to the podcast of New City Church. We hope this podcast inspires you on your journey of inward and outward transformation. Please join us on Sundays. You can find more information on our website, grownewcity.church. God bless you. My name is Jean Carlos Diaz. Um, I've been a part of this community for about a year and a half now. Really excited that you're here, that you braved the winter. Um, That's a a really big deal. And we're really excited about what God may have to speak and share for us today. Um, Today, I want to center our time around just one word, Um, because I believe the way that we define this one word um, will determine the course of our lives. It will determine our priorities and our values. It will determine what we sacrifice for and serve. It will determine uh, what we say yes to and what we say no to. This word has that much power. Um, But I wish it just had power for you. I wish it just had power for me, but this one word Um, unfortunately and fortunately has power for all of us this but we define this one word will determine the kind of people we become the kind of country we create the kind of city that we build the kind of world that we live in the word I want to talk to us about today is the word great because I believe that how we define what is great has a way of deciding our fate let me say that again I believe how we define what is great has a way of deciding our fates. The fate of who we become the fate of the kind of city that we built. Um, what, do, what, what do we mean by great? What, what do you mean by great? Um, I've been uh, listening to uh, Hamilton non-stop. Have any of you done this before? I don't have the money or access to get a ticket yet. Um, next year they're making a movie so there's that. So I've just been listening to the entire thing over and over and again. I've been having Nightmares of just the same songs. I love it. It's amazing, but this whole like play is about greatness and ambition. How do we like Enter into that. What does it mean to be great? Does it is it um, being in the room where it happens? Right, right. We have Aaron Burr, one of the characters uh, Saying I want to be in the room where it happens the room where it happens. Is it having position a seat at the table a voice? Is it uh, having influence, recognition, power, authority? What does it mean to be great? Um, is, it, uh, is it about who lives and who dies and who tells your story? Is it about being recognized? Is it about being remembered? Is it about leaving a legacy? Is that what being great is about? Uh, there's so many pictures in this story about what it means to be great. Um, and how we define what is great as a way of deciding our, our fate. But what I noticed in my life is that there are things that I thought were great. Maybe you've noticed this in your life too. That turned out to be insignificant. Yeah. Yes. Yikes. There are things in my life I thought were so important. And they turned out to be inconsequential. Amen? But then there are things I thought were insignificant that turned out to be great. That turned out to be the most important. Have you experienced this before? Yeah. How we define what is great determines the course of our lives. And um, I remember this specifically when I was, um, sometimes we define what is great in a season of our life where things are great. <laughs> where everything's good, where everything's cool, or everything's awesome. Where, you know, I remember being in high school and getting to do a lot of cool things, speak in front of a lot of people, get scholarships, get good grades. I had a good definition of what great was. And then I entered a different season. A season where I didn't have a job. A season where I wasn't in school. A season where... Uh, the very definition I had set up was the very definition that was no longer serving me. Actually, it was a definition that at one point helped me, but now was a definition that was haunting me, right? Has that happened to you before? Has your definition of greatness haunted you? I remember, like, um, I mean, I, I was in a season of depression, and I remember talking to a friend and saying, you know, I had this idea of what a great life would be. You'd be doing ministry full-time, and now, now I work at Comcast. And this idea of what it meant to be great, and, um, and it was having a job at a cool nonprofit. and now I don't do any of that. Uh, I remember having this vision of graduating, and now I dropped out because I, I'm going through so many health issues, and now I, I don't feel it anymore. The very definition I had was the very thing haunting me. And I remember telling him, if I'm honest, I have a picture. It's not just a definition. Like I could do a test for what is great, and the test is this. I want to be able to go to my high school reunion and have something cool to share. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, I mean, we're like, let's not, you know, we're all a little superficial, but like, I realized that every test, every definition I had of greatness, worked with that test. The ability to talk to people I hadn't seen in years and brag about how cool my life was, and that definition, while funny, haunted me because it made my job meaningless. It made my relationships insignificant. It made my existence purposeless. Your definition of greatness can help you, but it can also haunt you. Um, But it's not just me. I believe there are things (laughs) this world sees as great that may actually be insignificant. We have an empire that likes to say a lot of things are very important, but as it turns out, a lot of them aren't. And we have a lot of things this world sees as insignificant that may actually be great. And that's what we're experiencing right now in our world. I mean, last week was a crazy week. I'm a geek, so I usually like State of the Unions, but it was a specific week where I loved the halftime show of the Super Bowl more than than any State of the Union. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, it was a crazy week last week. I don't know if you noticed. Um, But I remember like, by the way, wasn't the halftime Super Bowl show amazing? Jennifer Lopez, Puerto Rican, reversible U.S. flag. I died. I, I and not only did I die, that's great. But not only did I die, like I realized that like if we did a Venn diagram between the people who love the Super Bowl halftime show in our community and our community, it would just be one circle. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, but but this affects how the, what we think is great in the world. Uh, um, I, I read this story recently by a queer voice. This is what what Sigrid Joy Ellis said. I heard a thing on a podcast this weekend, how Americans are really good at acute compassion but pretty bad at chronic empathy. Yikes! We, without question, haul strangers out of a raging flood, give blood, give food, give shelter, but we are lousy at legislating safe and sustainable communities, at elder care, at accessible streets and buildings. Yikes! It is the long-term work that makes the disasters less damaging. But we don't want to give to the needy. We want to save the endangered. We don't like being care workers. We want to be heroes. The world does not need more heroes. We need more care. How we define what is great. Right? How we define what is great has a way of deciding our faith. And this isn't isn't just happens outside the church. I've met many Christians who want to be martyrs. Who want to be recognized, who want their, their, their tomb to say that they died for this continent or this, this country or this culture. I know, I know people who, who love the idea of being a hero, but don't love the idea of serving their neighbor. Because that's not sexy. Yeah. Right. right? Right? How we define what is great is, a, is incredibly consequential. But unfortunately, there's a different story that we have to address. Um, because how we define what is great is shaping our country right now how we define what is great um, is determining our policy right now how we decide what is great is uh determining our leaders so when someone says that they want to make america great again what what do you mean by great what do you mean by great is putting kids in cages great? is treating People made in the image of God like cattle, great. Is separating them from their mom or their dad as a way of making a political point and terrorizing brown people in Central America, great? Like, that, those weren't things they just stumbled into. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't like an accident. There was a meeting where they were like, how do we make it so brown people don't come here? What if we terrorized them and took their parents over? Yeah, that seems like a good idea. Let's put that down. Like, that's not great. But, but but someone thinks it is. Mm. Actually, hundreds and thousands of people think it is. Mm. What is, is, is uh, preventing people from a certain religion from entering our country great? Is taking soldiers who have served long more than our president ever has in the military uh, from serving because they, uh, because they have a different gender identity? Is that great? We could go down the list, but this isn't actually a disagreement about policy. This is a disagreement about what we define as great. Is great glory and strength? Is great destroying our enemies? Is great, instead of transparency and honesty and accountability, is it rejecting all of those and being stronger? What does it mean to be great? Because it will have consequences for who we are and the kind of world that we build. How we define what is great, I wish it didn't. I wish it didn't. But how we define what is great has a way of deciding our fate. And we... talking about a story a story of greatness did you remember the passage what we have james john and their mom right like we have a story okay of two disciples asking for the most authority position and status in the kingdom okay so jesus has been doing ministry things are going well crowds are getting bigger he's having more influence more power and it's kind of like they had just one like the caucuses or like a primary things are going well and it looks like jesus is going to be president one day it looks like he's going to take over so two of the people on his team are like hey jesus what if when you're president i'm chief of staff and my brother is like secretary of state can we do this right so this is a conversation right let's let's be clear what are they asking for what do they think is truly great and they've defined it for us position power status um, and I think this needs to, like, can we just get off church mode for a moment? This needs to shake us for a moment. Like, you can be doing kingdom action, you can be in a kingdom team, and still be motivated primarily by an empire dream. What? Friends, like, coming to a new city is not gonna, is not, it does not have to change you. You can change your behavior and your inside can still be haunted and motivated by the dreams of an empire. We have two people who were on the team, who were one of the disciples. And what did they want most? Is it what? The, is it the healing of the nations? Is it the liberation of those who are oppressed? It's Jesus. Can, can we have your left seat and your right? Like, like that's what they wanted. And honest, can we be honest? Isn't that what we want sometimes? You know. And I love it, they got their mom involved. Like, (laughs) pro tip from the Bible, if you're like going to a job interview, you're really excited, you think you're gonna get it, don't go alone, bring your mom. Works every time, it works every time. This is crazy, but isn't it funny that our pursuit of greatness to everyone who's not us looks kind of funky and we get to look into it? Do you know what I mean? Like You're pursuing greatness right now, but if we could like make your life a reality TV show, would it not expose you for the kind of funny way that you're pursuing something? Right, they, they're known in history for the people who brought their moms to ask for greatness. That's what they're known for. You know, Is that greatness? But that's what pursuing greatness can sometimes look like. Amen? So uh, you can be doing kingdom action. You can be on a kingdom team and still be motivated by an empire dream. We need something different. But here's the interesting thing. If I were Jesus, you know, I would have responded differently. Like okay. Jesus says, can you drink the bitter cup I'm about to drink? And I would have said, can you? Sit your ass down. <laughs> no! You don't no, no! No, you don't. No, no, you don't. Next question, I'm bored. Like, that's what I would have said. And that's not what Jesus oh says. That's not what Jesus says. No. I'm dead. Jesus doesn't. Jesus is not out to restrict you from being great. He's out to redefine what greatness is all about. It's not bad. It's not bad. I, I've been a part of church communities where my dreams, my ambitions, my goals—those are all bad things. If you really follow Jesus, you like empty yourself of a personality and like, like pass out like papers at the back. I don't know. Like it's just like having having aspirations is sinful and it is not it is not there is greatness in you and there is a desire to live a life that matters and Jesus is not out to say hey Jesus is out to redefine what it is that we're pursuing what it is that we're sacrificing for what it is that we're putting bloods and tears forth amen Yes. and then he says this line among you it must be different friends we can't recreate the empire here. That's, that's a waste of time. It's already out there. Like, what are we doing? Yeah. Like, among us, it must be different. And he says, you know, you, you know, among the rulers and the, the people of power, you know how they lord it over. You know how they use their authority to prevent accountability. You know how they, they use their authority to prop up their name. No, no, no. Among you, it has to be different. Wow. It has to be different. Otherwise, we're just creating the same thing. We're just creating the same thing. God is calling us to something different, amen? Amen. And here's what's interesting, what we find out in this invitation to be something different, is that the opposite of great is not terrible. Uh, The opposite of great is common. And Jesus' response to the ways that leaders are leading is to say, what you think is great, that's so common. Yeah. that's so common oh I'm sorry you're a leader that wants to build name recognition and put your name on building let me look at history that's so common that's so common oh, I'm sorry you're a leader that doesn't like accountability that's so common that's so common I'm sorry you're a leader that like, like greatness friends greatness <laughs> it's not measured By your willingness to have other people serve and sacrifice for you. Okay? That's not hard. I'm willing to have a lot of people serve and sacrifice for me. That's not difficult. Jesus is saying it's actually your willingness to serve and sacrifice out of love that is truly great. Jesus is flipping greatness upside down. Okay. He is turning greatness upside down. Right, And he says, and if you want to be a leader, you actually, you actually need to be a servant. If you want to be first, actually, you, you, you got to be last. Because I'm flipping everything upside down. Earlier in this passage, in, in Matthew 20, we see him say, uh, the first, meaning the people the empire deems to be first, will actually be last. But the last, the, the, the people the empire deems to be last, are actually, actually going to be first. He's flipping everything upside down. So why are we running to the front of, the line of an empire that is dying when we can be the kind of people who recognize what is truly great and what is truly insignificant? Amen? Amen. So what about you? Yeah, okay. Um, what about you? Um. I just have some, some questions that I want us to think about. Um, some questions that I think need to, like, shape us. Um, what's something in your life that you think is really great, that you think is really important, that Jesus may be calling insignificant? Right. Something that you've staked a lot in, something you think is the most important, but if God were to take that away and fill your life with good things, you actually wouldn't even notice because that thing wasn't really the thing. That thing was never really the most important. Now, what about, what about this? What are some things in your life that you think are insignificant, that God is calling so consequential, that God is calling so important. I mean, I worked at Comcast, and I felt the weight of working at a job. I remember literally having a friend. I'd like be like, "Oh yeah, oh yeah, I work at Comcast," and uh, and he, and they would apologize for me. <laughs> Don't ever do that, by the way. But like, that's what they would do. They'd be like, "I'm sorry, I I, I haven't said." I didn't say anything wrong. <laughs> like, you don't have to feel bad. Like, I remember being in that position, and I remember having a friend be like, well, you know, you know, you work Comcast, but your life, your work can matter because you're going to then donate that money to people doing the, the real work, you know? Mm-hmm. To people, like, serving the church or doing... No! What the... <laughs> right? No, and now I look at this passage, and actually... Actually... I won't find greater meaning and purpose than serving people in love. And if, uh, I remember, like I, I remember sharing on January that I was doing a lot of vision searching and thinking about my life, and I, I really like would hear passages like this, like serve people, and just it's not sexy. I'm an Enneagram Four. I want to be unique. Like give me a real vision, God. Like give me something really exciting. And I remember waking up one day and just God just planting the thought: you will never find a greater purpose than love. Like, I've been looking for all these other purposes, but actually, in any and every position, that love, that love is truly great, and I called it insignificant. Um, and so my hope and my heart for you is that you would have kingdom eyes to see that which is truly great and to see that which is truly insignificant. So I'll on with, uh, with this. Let's talk about one last word. It's a fun one. You ready? You ready? Apocalypse (laughs) I know right You didn't see that coming really didn't You went through your dictionary and you didn't get to that one by the time I hit the slide Um, Apocalypse So if you're like me Apocalypse and you normally think about that You think of like the movie 2012 Do you know what I'm talking about Where like an earthquake eats Los Angeles and a tsunami covers the Himalayas You add Jesus and some angels And that's basically what you think of when you think of apocalypse You know what I'm talking about So um, I picked this word because it actually has nothing to do with that. But the word apocalypse is really beautiful because the word apocalypse has nothing to do with the end of times. The word apocalypse in the Greek literally means to unveil or to reveal. That's why in Spanish, the book of Revelations is called Libro de Apocalipsis, right? Because the word is not the end of the world. It's God unveiling something. And the beautiful thing about God unveiling something is that when God unveils, he's not transforming reality, he is revealing it. There's going to be a day, my friends, where those who are marginalized, where those who are forced to be last, where those who are not given recognition, where those who are not treated with the dignity they they should have had, where we are going to have an unveiling, and we're going to see that those were the greatest of us all. And there's gonna be a day when those who can surround themselves with senators and congressmen clapping and praising them, where where those who have billions and can shoot rockets in the sky, where those, there's gonna be an unveiling. And we're gonna see the insignificance of so much of it. Friends, we need an unveiling. We need an apocalypse. We need a way of seeing That which was always right in front of us. That which was always true. Friends, greatness is not something we have to attain. Actually, Jesus is saying something deeper than that. Greatness is something we already have. And may we be people who can see the greatness in the people around us. May we be people who can see that which is insignificant is not insignificant. It's actually very important. And that which this world claims to be important is actually so insignificant. Because friends, it's already been revealed. Jesus already said who is blessed, and he said, "Blessed are the poor in spirit, not the rich, the powerful." He said, "Blessed are the humble, not the arrogant who refuse accountability." Friends, um, an acquittal from the Senate will never make Donald Trump great. Why? Because what is great has already been revealed. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for justice, not those who work so hard to deny it from others. Blessed are those who mourn, not those who can celebrate in Mar-a-Lago. Friends, blessed are those, (laughs) right? Blessed are those who are persecuted, who are rejected, right? Mm -hmm. Because those are the ones whom God accepts and those are the ones whom God puts first. So may we have kingdomized to see the greatness and what the empire calls insignificance. May we have kingdom eyes to see the insignificance and what the empire calls great.
1: And maybe we realize
0: that how we define what is great has a way of deciding our fate. Thank you.